Black Girl and Own promotes holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We encourage self-care, self-love, and self-empowerment for communities of color. This is Lauren Ash, and thanks so much for listening to the Black Girl and Own podcast. Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You're going to love it. This was inspired by a conversation that Carlene Graham Perry and I had on the expansion tour. She was our special guest for our DC stop. And unfortunately, the audio quality from that conversation wasn't as strong as we liked. So we got back together. We gave each other a good little word back and forth. And Carlene shared all of her insights about manifestation, unconditional love and support, and all of the amazing things that she has in the works with her platform, New Evolve, holding space for more of us to get grounded and rooted in what matters most to us. So enjoy, get out your journal, and tell a friend about this episode if you love it. If you want to hear the original conversation, which I promise you was phenomenal, you can head over to our Patreon page. That is patreon.com slash blackgirlinohm. And the thing is, it's still a great conversation. So if you are really wanting more from Carlene and from the expansion tour, head on over and get your life there. I am so honored to have this conversation today with a friend and inspiring being in my life who has helped shape my growth, particularly around unconditional love and support, and also sisterhood. So Carlene Graham Perry. Hey, girl. Hey. Carlene, I would love to invite you to introduce yourself to our community through this powerful question that holds a lot of resonance for both of us, and I'll get into that after, but this idea of who you're blooming into and who and how you are blooming today. Yeah. I feel like my answer to this changes every day, which I'm okay with because, I mean, if we think about blooming, even when we look at flowers from one day to the next, it can be blooming and still look a little different. The word that's been coming to me is free. I feel like I'm blooming into someone who is identifying where I have been tethered or weighed down and finding easeful ways to release those attachments. And it's almost as if I remove one tether and then I take a few steps forward and realize, oh, there's still something else. (laughs) But in the process, I'm finding myself more free and that freedom shows up for me in my relationships and the roles that I play in other people's lives as wife, as daughter, as friend, as sister, and in the roles that I serve in holding space for other women who are also pursuing uh, deepening into their freedom. So yeah, I'm blooming into a more free woman, able to see myself outside of the context of external gaze, whether that's white gaze or male gaze or the black church gaze, you know, whatever that is. So getting much more acquainted with myself and in the process feeling like a more free woman each day. I love that you emphasize the process too. Mm -hmm. 
you know, and how you were releasing one thing that may have been previously keeping you bound, and then you recognize that there's another thing. And I know that one extremely liberating decision that you recently made, if we could talk about it, is relocating to a completely different country. Oh, yeah. And it's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Even in that conversation, like the way I think about home when people are like, oh, so you're just going to live there? And I'm like, yeah, until until I'm not. <laughs> yes. Um, so even attaching or detaching a lot of the limiters that don't really suit me around what home means. And I've been thinking about it a lot as I'm actually currently in my parents' home. Mm-hmm. And I call this place home, but I also call Baltimore home. And I also once called Washington State home and Trinidad home and Barcelona and like so many places I've been fortunate enough to call home. And mm-hmm. I don't see any reason why I can't call yet another place home for that's beautiful. however long that's for. Yes. Yes. I love that. <laughs> and I think back to a powerful moment that we shared about a year ago now, which was when you held space, you and Danielle Lyles Barton held space for me and about 21 other women of color and Black women in Bali, Indonesia to manifest. You know, it was intended to be a manifestation retreat. And that was really crystal clear to me before I joined for that magical experience. However, I don't think what was as clear to me was all of the things that, you know, to continue on this conversation of freedom and the process that that is for us. um, I didn't realize how many of the aspects of myself and my own blooming that I would be asked to investigate, you know, things like forgiveness and whether or not I was conditionally or unconditionally loving myself. Mm. Um, There were so many things that you, I think, held up as a mirror to me and the others who attended that invited us to journey with intention, unlike anything I had ever experienced before, into the next chapter of our lives. And that's what you do. You, among many other amazing things, (laughs) you hold space for us to really step into our wholeness, into our healing, and to get really crystal clear on creating and manifesting the lives that we actually envision for ourselves. And so you're a testament to doing that, you know, with you getting clear on what home means to you, choosing to uproot yourself from your current place that you have been, you know, located in for a while and and moving somewhere completely different and exploring this next version of you and what she's going to desire to do, what she's going to be leaning into. So it's just so beautiful. And I just wonder for you how your new intentions and this next chapter and the decisions that you're making for yourself and for your family are informed by your own practice and your own belief in unconditional love and support. Mm. First, I want to say thank you. Thank you for choosing to come to Bali. (laughs) Thank you for participating wholeheartedly. Um, Danielle and I talk about this often that as much planning as we did, the thing that we can't plan for, but that excites us the most is how people show up. And that's like that extra alchemy sauce. (laughs) Like we can plan all the logistics and we can even include moments for deep intention. But um, I know for a fact, the way that you showed up 
and the way that each woman showed up really amplified whatever we had in mind. And it's through those experiences that I've come to believe that manifestation is really amplified by strong community, Mm. whether that's even just saying what you want and then someone else two weeks later, two years later being like, oh, I came across a perfect opportunity for you. And also to be able to hold each other in loving accountability to moving in alignment with the intentions that we shared yes. um, really is such a catalyst. It moves us forward. And <laughs> as I think about how I'm applying those practices in my life and how that impacts my family, I think back to <sighs> really getting clear on my definition of love, which mm. came on the heels of a breakup that <laughs> is a whole story in itself. <laughs> <laughs> but in that process of, you know, really choosing to get into deeper acquaintance with myself, yes. I was asking myself, well, okay, like I'm good being single, but what does it mean to love? And mm. how will I know it if I see it? Mm-hmm. And such an interesting series of events because I've been reflecting on that recently. And the definition that I kind of arrived at was that I wanted to be a catalyst for other people's growth in a romantic setting or in friendships or sisterhood or, you know, in a familial setting or even on a larger scale where the relationships aren't as reciprocating. To me, love looks like supporting someone else's growth. Mm -hmm. It was probably... I want to say six months or so after that, that I met Danielle and early in our friendship, we began reading bell hooks together, the book all about love and must read. Yeah, definitely. And the thing that stood out to me is the definition of love that she included in her book. I have it written down the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. That was such a like, Oh, I'm not the only person that <laughs> that feels this way yes. about, about love and such a moment of resonance and affirmation for me. And then she goes on to say, love is as love does. Love is an act of will, namely both an intention and an action. Love that. Which to come full circle around to the question you asked me, thinking about manifestation, I really believe that it includes the intention and the action. And for me, it's important that whatever the intention is and the action that follows should be rooted in, in love, should be rooted in the pursuit of spiritual growth. So, yeah, as far as how that shows up for me, I think one thing that keeps me really centered with my intentions is journaling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It really helps me to articulate the feelings into something that has more shape and that I can name. And I can also identify when I feel that my intentions and my actions aren't in alignment or if I'm writing something that's revealing a subconscious belief, whether it's limiting or expanding, Right. I can choose to elevate the expanding beliefs and bring them to the front of my mind and cement them in my subconscious. Or I can also see those limiting beliefs and acknowledge that they're there. Yes then make conscious decisions to rewrite them. Girl, that's where I'm at right now, okay? (laughs) Mindset and realizing 
the power of the subconscious. You know, I think it's 95% of the things that we do in our daily lives are from this place of the subconscious and only 5% is from the conscious. So it's so key. And you know that I'm also a huge advocate for journaling and it's my practice as well. And that powerful way that it can mirror back to us who we really are and from this place of wholeness you know not like the good parts and the bad parts but just who we are and that we then have choice in how to move forward once we are able to see ourselves more clearly going back a bit to what you're saying about love I love that you affirmed your own definition for it and that (laughs) The relationship that you were kind of chuckling at that came before, you know, that moment of needing to redefine it also probably influenced how you defined it. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have no regrets and I'm grateful for the experiences that I've had and how they've revealed me to me. And if nothing else, that relationship revealed a lot about I saw a lot about myself just to kind of give some context to what that experience was like. I'd been in Mm -hmm. a relationship for, I think we were coming up to six years Mm -hmm. and the abridged version of the story is I found out there was a whole other girlfriend and there was long distance involved on my end. So it was easy to be deceived. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I just remember finding out and how I found out I think is important because the literal day, and I can't make this up, like I really wish I could, but I'm not that great of a writer. (laughs) Like that morning, I got off the phone with him and was really just feeling that something had to change. So the previous weekend, I had been at this really empowering personal development conference, actually with another BGIO beauty, Dr. Tiffany Lester. And like, we'd had this great transformative experience. and, um, And there were so many people there. There was like, hundreds of people at this event and I made so many connections with men and women. And I just remember I was having these like really meaningful growth oriented conversations with so many people that I wasn't having with my partner at the time and was really in kind of inner conflict about it. Like I'm clearly seeing something, an area where I want to expand in my personal life, where I'm investing in my personal life and I'm not seeing that in this other person. So you know, kind of looking at our relationship through a new lens and just feeling that we were stagnant. And I'd kind of been feeling this way for a while, but I remember praying, not even like a really intentional on my knees, begging God type prayer, but just like, <laughs> right. you know, I really wish the best for this person and I wish the best for me. And I hope that we're able to grow together, but I feel like something has to give. Either we're going to yes. commit to deepening into this relationship together or we should release each other. And just like went about my day. And it was that day, later that day, that I got a message from (laughs) the other woman. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And I really am like grateful for the way my heart was already prepared for release. Yes. Um, Because I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm angry. And now I'm not. All right it's done and mm, um, mm-hmm. really able to move through that. And I don't say that to say that that's the perfect response to any breakup. Right. Every morning process is unique, yes. but remembering being grateful for the response to that. So to fast forward, <laughs> you know, I'm living my life and it's funny because it's in between that time where I actually met you and I actually 
purchased the domain name New Evolve. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and was really thinking about like, what is love? Like, what is this? If I'm going to enter into another relationship, what does that mean? Yes. And then reflecting on the way that that previous relationship had been so stagnant, but also recognizing that we had grown apart and was like, okay, well, people are going to change. So how do I commit to someone if I know we're both going to change? And that's a, that's a real question. I think that a lot of us have to ask ourselves and investigate both individually and if partnered with our partner. Mm -hmm. So I just love that question that you were willing to go there. Yeah. And it was in that where I was like, oh, the question kind of reveals the answer that we're going to change. And I want to be with someone who's intentional about the way they're going to change. Yes. And who affirms that for me and not just in a romantic relationship, but in all of my friendships in all of my relationships. And so that's where I got to the place of love being a catalyst for growth. And I think the other thing that made me really align with that as a definition is that a catalyst, to get all (laughs) science-y, a catalyst (laughs) is not used up in the process of the reaction. Like you have the things that you put into your chemical reaction and then Mm -hmm. the outcome that you get. And Mm -hmm. the catalyst just helps that process move faster. And I was like, yeah, I want to like support someone's growth and yes. not be used up. Yes. I want to yes. remain autonomous. Then I was like, mm, maybe I'm asking too much, <laughs> but I'm happy being single. So whatever. Yeah. And I can happily say that <laughs> not too long after I actually found myself in love with who is now my husband. Yes. I love a good romance, girl. <laughs> I love a good romance. And I mean, you know, we're going to go into that story in a moment because all of this gets back to the power of you getting clear on what it was that you both desired and needed, defining these big life concepts that relate to healing, that relate to wholeness, that relate to unfolding into the most loving, most expansive version of you and committing yourself to that journey again and again and again. And, you know, some of us refer to this process as manifestation, you know? And so before we get into, you know, how essentially you manifested your Mm -hmm. partner and your husband, I'd love to hear your, your personal kind of definition and understanding of manifestation. I know you love metaphors. So if we want to go into the garden (laughs) and seed, let's please do it because it's so relevant. I appreciate the invitation. I was going there anyway. Glad (laughs) to know you're on board. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. So manifestation. I have been thinking a lot about manifestation, what it looks like, what it means. And the imagery that just kept coming to mind was this idea that I can plant a seed and I can be a steward of a seed in the desire that it will turn into, let's call it a lemon tree. You know, something that's fruit bearing, that is productive and abundant and can provide shelter and can provide nourishment, something truly substantial. Mm Mm-hmm. That starts from a seed, a seed of an idea. And also that in that process, even though I'm a steward of this plant, I'm not mother nature. Like I am not the one that signals to the plant that it's time to break through the surface. Like, you know, the temperature is warm enough. I'm not the one who says, okay, now it's time to, for this blossom to open. I'm not the one that says it's time for the 
blossom to produce a fruit, but I am the one who's responsible for watering, for protecting, for pruning. And I mean, ultimately starting with planting. Like I'm the one that's responsible for taking the seed of the thought and nurturing it. And it was in that epiphany that, so the reason that there was conflict for me is that with my background being in project management, it's so easy to get controlling about goal setting. And then being somebody who considers myself very spiritual, I'm like, but I know that there's more than what I do. So how do I (laughs) explain this balance even to myself? And that's where this imagery around manifestation came to me. And in playing around with that, I'm like, okay, the project manager in me is like, cool. But a lot of our conversations around manifestation, I feel de-emphasize the aligned action. Yes, it's true. It's true. A lot of it is like focused on simply on what you say or simply on what you think, both Mm -hmm. of which are important, but it does require us to take these leaps (laughs) and these risks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Or even just the maintaining the small practices, like Mm. there are ways that we can participate. And I mean, if I throw a lemon seed on the ground, it may under the perfect conditions, still produce a tree, but like right. I could also just plant it. <laughs> yeah. Like I could also just take aligned action to support mm-hmm. the growth of that. I'm also a big fan of wordplay and was chatting with one of my brothers and he's like, oh, I don't even remember the whole story, but we ended up coming up with this word manifest action. Yes. Um, and, you know, over time really developing that word to mean the practice of gardening your life. Yes. That's what manifestation means to me. Well, we're going to get back to manifest action in Mm -hmm. a little bit because that relates to this amazing experience that you have coming up this year and next. But I want to, now that we have, you know, this understanding for how you approach manifestation, for you to kind of walk us through how that concept showed up for you and then how you kind of gave yourself to it as you were journeying through the actualization of your relationship with your husband. Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. That's like a great application of this too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Even just kind of circling back around to the definition of love included in the book All About Love by Bell Hooks. Yes. Love is as love does. Love is an act of will, namely both an intention and an action. So it's the combination of the intention and the action. Now, in terms of like how this is realized in my life or how this process, I didn't know I was going through this process at the time, but how the process, you know, resulted in my boo. (laughs) Boo thing. Right. (laughs) You know, I can see in hindsight the way that I now have like the six phases of manifest action. But at the time, it really just started with what I'll call passion and that being identifying what I wanted, but with excitement with energy with intensity and I got really like excited about this definition of love to the point where I was like cool I trust that if this shows itself in a romantic partnership then that's what's meant for me but I can apply this to myself I I can apply this to my friends I can apply this to my family yes and so really just began practicing this new definition of love That's so beautiful in and of itself because, you know, I just especially think of us as Black women. We oftentimes, not always, but we oftentimes struggle due to how we're socialized, 
around feelings of deservedness. And so even the act of you being willing to name, this is what I want, this is what I desire, and then start to cultivate giving that to yourself and start to really focus on that exchange between the existing relationships you had, that's already radical to me. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, and I think there was part of me that instinctively knew that in in showing up that way, I would attract and also be able to identify other people who were showing up that way. Yes, yes. And it was in that. And I was like, all right, I'm cool being single and I should be single for a little bit. That's how I felt. But I do want to cultivate more sisterhood. So I don't biologically have any sisters. And I love my brothers and I'm fortunate to have really great relationships with them, but they're not sisters. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I have a great relationship with my mom as well, but she's not my sister. And mm-hmm. I'm craving feminine pure energy in my life. And I will move intentionally toward that and, you know, forget the guys for now. Like, I'm not even, <laughs> I'm, I can't even, like, I still need to work through some baggage before I assume that y'all are all like the last one. Yeah. Um, and it was in that phase where I actually got to know Danielle. Beautiful. Um, who, or I would even say like an acquaintance or a peer, but not someone who I was like in frequent contact with, randomly contacted me like, oh, aren't you in Baltimore? I have a friend who's visiting. You guys should connect. And I was like, oh, okay. So like a kind of <laughs> friend suggesting that I meet up with yes. another random person. And I'm such so introverted that there were so many opportunities. <laughs> Danielle and I laugh about it to this day. There were so many opportunities like, one was running late. The other one had to catch a flight. Like all the stuff that was going on where we were like, is this even worth it? <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm so glad that we decided to, yes. you know, stick it out and meet up. But yeah, applying that to my friendships is kind of where it mm-hmm. all began and practicing love, practicing yes. loving. Yes. And then I would say the second phase of manifest action is preserve So taking the garden analogy, right? And Mm -hmm. if I consider my life to be like a garden and I've been growing and producing things all my life, I've been investing energy consciously or unconsciously into the garden of my life. That can include watering weeds (laughs) and seeing them flourish too. And then also- Someone needed to hear that. uh, and, (laughs) And choosing to prune them, you know, choosing to pull them out. Yeah. Um, but we all have a life that is growing the things that we choose to water. Yes. So this phase of preserve is really about looking around and seeing what it is we already have that serves what we want to grow. So I could see, oh, I want to love more and I want to love more freely. I don't have a romantic partnership, but I do have my parents. I do have this new sister friend, Danielle. I do have, you know, my brothers. I do have all the friends I've had for years. I can practice there and was able to really just look and see what in my life is already moving me toward that thing that I envision the seed becoming. And so that's, that's that preserve phase. And that's that power of gratitude too, to me, what you were just sharing, like naming the existing kind of embodiments of what it is that, yeah, you'd eventually desire in a, in a partnership, but where is it existing now? And allowing yourself to affirm that in a way that, as you were suggesting, will naturally then attract, you know, attract the one. <laughs> right, right. 
Yes. Even in the context of like, say I want to manifest a better job and I'm Mm -hmm. able to identify it with real clarity and passion and excitement. Cool. I've identified what that seed is. Yeah. And when I think about preserve in that context, it's like, well, what do I already have in my life? Do I have connections? Do I have skills? Do I have, and just kind of like show your, yourself your receipts and gas your own self up but like yes in a real way that's like oh this is why i'm suited to be the steward of this seed absolutely that's so beautiful that's so beautiful i think too about your story um manifesting your husband as such a powerful one because it was actually someone you were already in relationship with but never considered to be someone that you would partner with right so let's get into that because this story (laughs) is my favorite story (laughs) I feel like every time I tell it or if you're like around you'll be like oh I didn't know that detail tell me more I'm gonna find out something new today (laughs) (laughs) probably and I'm gonna swear that I told you everything but (laughs) there's always something else Yeah. Okay. So, oh man, there's like so much juicy stuff to this story. And it's funny. I don't know if you know, well, you don't necessarily coincide with the like actual me getting with my husband, but like the season of my life was really timely. So I mentioned that I met you in New York in October-ish of 2016. Mm -hmm. This was in between the breakup and when I decided to move to Baltimore. And I just remember... (laughs) it's not your fault, but I remember being in a funk around the season where I met you. I just remember being like, I want something else, but I don't know what. And I just come up with this season of doing a lot of traveling. And I mean, I was conflicted because I'm like, I'm so grateful that I have the freedom to be a nomad, but I don't want to travel anymore. And I felt this pressure because other people thought what I was doing was cool. And there was the pressure to perform and like, yeah oh, you think it's cool? Well, I guess I should think it's cool too. Yeah. I wanted to be like, I just want to hug my nephew. <laughs> I just want to be home for a minute. I just want to put my books on a shelf. I feel like we all know what that feels like in one way or another, whether it's related to like career or relationships where outside looking in, mm-hmm. the thing is great. The thing is cool. The thing is perfect. The thing is something that others desire. But when you know internally that that season maybe has come and gone, you know, you yeah. know. Yeah. And I think the season for me traveling so frequently was clear to me that that was gone, but I still had the freedom to go anywhere. And I just kept feeling like I was supposed to go to Baltimore where I went to college. And I was like, ew, why? (laughs) I I already like, don't get me wrong. I love Baltimore, but I can go anywhere. I already did that. I was there for like six years. Like, Mm -hmm. come on. I'm Mm -hmm. over here looking at month long Airbnbs in Paris and like Baltimore is on my heart. And I even had to be honest with myself about what I needed versus like the glamour of something that really wasn't for the chapter that I was in. Yes. Let's just say I'm glad I listened because (laughs) I moved to Baltimore and it was around the same time where my now husband moved to Baltimore as well. And we had always been such great friends knowing each other from college. So I was like, oh, great, cool. Like I get to reconnect with this friend. He's a full-time musician. I... (laughs) <laughs> moonlight as a background singer <laughs> and I was like All right, no dude. big deal right <laughs> I mean I a guess. really good one you've told me the artist that you almost went on tour with but declined so you know <laughs> <laughs> which was actually just his connect and it's funny because I told him like again in this idea of manifestation I was like mm-hmm. I want to sing more 
I'm going to tell people that I want to sing more. I'm going to tell relevant people that I want to sing more. Yes. A musician friend who's always had my back. I want to sing more. And he was like, all right, cool. Literally the weekend I moved there, he's like, hey, you want to come to a studio session? There's a work opportunity for you. The first and only writing credits that I have on the song is from like the first weekend I moved to Baltimore. And I was like, wow. Saying your intentions out loud. Yeah. Like I don't believe in the idea of don't share your ideas. Like someone will steal them. And I mean, protect your thoughts. Like you don't got to throw everything to the wind to the naysayers who are going to rain on your parade, but you can choose who you allow to help water your dreams. So I shared how I came up with my definition of love, but at the time I was also journaling. Like, okay, cool. I'm good with being single, but what does a healthy relationship look like to yes. me? Like, what would giving that yourself mean? permission to explore? Yeah, what would that mean for me? And I was like, oh, I want to be in a relationship where I feel supported but not smothered. I want to feel like it's somebody I can be like both a friend with, but also be attracted to and have romance with. Yeah, I, want, I felt like I was writing these like really fine lines. And I just remember being like, well, I'm really convicted about this. So it's got to be right. Or yeah. I'm going to be a happy <laughs> single woman. Yeah. And it was one day we were hanging out and we were just like, the conversation lasted hours and we were just sitting on the couch. Mm-hmm. And I just remember being like, oh, no, this is everything <laughs> I wrote down. Wait. Oh. In that moment, the light bulb went ding and you said, because yeah. uh, what you didn't say yet was that you related to him like a friend, but also like a brother. You were like, that's my yeah. bro. Yeah. So it was a complete reconfiguration of how you even zone. viewed him. <laughs> yeah. He was past the friend zone, in the family zone. <laughs> Never even crossed my mind. I think also aided by the fact that through our friendship, we had both always been in relationships. So it was just like right. never even something to question. It was just, this is family. I will extend myself. If I have it and he needs it, it's his and vice versa. Yeah, No question, but like, this is family. And then as luck would have it, we were both single. And more. I think also really important, the timing was right. Because I can 100% say, if we had tried to date a year before, it would not have worked. Mm. Um, I don't think I was in the place for that. I needed to have certain growing experiences. And he had, it was so interesting. He had like parallel, but independent experiences with travel and just like growing up. Yeah. Um, and so I love it was like that. really reconnecting with new eyes and yes. being willing to see him as how he was presenting himself that day rather than like, nope, he's fixed. This is my brother. I can tell you all the little things he's doing. <laughs> You know, from our college days 10 years ago. Nope. But if I hadn't written it down, yes, I really feel like I could have been like, I don't want to ruin this friendship. Yes. I don't know if he feels the same way. I don't want to put myself out there. I'm going to just let this lie. Yeah. And again, going back to how the act of giving yourself permission to name yes. what it is that is true for you that's an expansive practice. That's one that's rooted in self-love. Mm-hmm. That's one that's also rooted in trust, you know, like not second guessing or like you could second guess, but you're going to go for it anyway. And how that gave you then a kind of template <laughs> to be able to hold him up to and say, oh, he matches. Yeah. He fits. <laughs> right. Yeah. 
I call that moment recognizing resonance. Yes. Being able to see, oh, there's the alignment there. Yes. Um, and really being grateful for my journaling practice in that moment and allowing myself to be open to what that might turn into. I love that. So, I mean, all of these life experiences that you've had with your relationship with yourself and others have informed a lot of the work that you do, holding space for other women of color to really claim their authentic lives and their authentic selves and how they show up in the world. I want to hear about Fierce. I know that you have Mm -hmm. this really amazing framework for understanding the different areas of our lives that we can consider when it is that we give ourselves that permission to dream and that permission to get clarity around our lives rather than passively kind of floating within it. So can we talk about Fierce? What was the inspiration for it? And um, what is it for you? Fierce is an acronym for the different areas of your life. And I had been working with kind of categorizing areas of my life for a few years, but really struggled to maintain the practice because I like couldn't remember what they were. (laughs) So as I was like mulling over these categories, I was just trying to find like, what's a good way to like remember these? And the acronym kind of revealed itself in a conversation with another one of my brothers. So just to walk through what the different areas of life are, F is for form and fitness. And that's all about our body. And that can be our body internally, so our physical health. And it can also be how we adorn ourselves and how we present ourselves to the world. So form and fitness, kind of just thinking about my body as a whole. And then the I is for imagination and intellect, which is about my mind. And that can be what I allow in my mind, but also what my mind produces. So that can be creativity, create, but also what I consume. And also what I'm learning, what skills am I developing, and how do I want to grow mentally? Mm -hmm. The first E is environment and ecology. So this is about the spaces that we occupy. And oftentimes we talk about it maybe in the context of like our home or minimalism. And I'm grateful that my experiences have also included like where I place my home, not just what's in my home. And that's key. Yeah, absolutely. Hence your move out of the country and hence my move from Chicago to L.A. this year. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's really important to be able to see how each of these categories interact with each other. Because absolutely, I know that my choosing to move is going to enhance all the different areas of my life. And that's why I chose to make the move. Yes. The R is for riches and resourcefulness. I think the most obvious thing that comes to mind is money, but I wanted to make sure that our conversation didn't become classist, Mm. which I think can sometimes happen when we talk about manifestation. Like there's classism, there's often sexism, there's like, (laughs) there's racism, colorism, all these things where we don't necessarily acknowledge the reasons why someone may have experienced more ease in manifesting something or or seeing something come into their lives. And the key difference for me was in focusing on resourcefulness and acknowledging that we always have something that we can turn into something else. There's always something. There's always a step that you can take that moves you closer to the thing that you want, the change that you want, the transformation that you want. 
Absolutely. Especially as black women, because we are often creating so much off of relatively little, you know, Yes. you know, historically speaking. So For sure. I love that. I mean, the timing of all of these realizations is so interesting because it was, I think, 2016 that Lemonade came out. And it was literally like right after the breakup. And I remember being like, oh, she took him back. <laughs> Some of those songs, though, I'm sure you were blasting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Freedom. <laughs> it's like, I am, I am claiming all of that. Yes. Um, anyway, yeah, that soundtrack also kind of helped me confront what it meant to choose a partner and like what you were or weren't willing to do, regardless of your opinion of what she did. It was irrelevant to me, but like, what can I choose to do? But I brought it up in the context of that quote of making lemonade out of lemons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there was one song that was really impactful to me, and that was Love Drought. And this is such a caveat, but I think an important one. Please. Um, I always stand a good Beyonce moment, by oh, the way. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Love Drought was so clutch because you look at the imagery. Like, if you just listen to the song, you could think it was a love song about another like a romantic partner mm-hmm. about ending this love drought. We can, um, I don't know the words. I don't know, ever know lyrics. I'm the background singer that knows all the harmonies <laughs> and none of the lyrics. <laughs> but the imagery made it really clear to me, my interpretation is that you saw all these women, these beautiful Black women who were connected to each other, and they yes. were the ones that were stopping the love drought. And I really yes. believe that that was important to me to see in terms of the idea that we can break the generational curses around dysfunctional relationships. Absolutely. We can present ourselves in different ways. We can write new stories and create new legacy. And the thing that connected that forward was in her latest project, the song Bigger. There's a phrase, let love be the water. And this coincided with my thoughts around manifest action as a practice of gardening your life. Mm -hmm. And really just Mm -hmm. with this metaphor It says, let love be the water I pour into you as you pour into me. There is no drought here. Love. Women through our excellent powers. You'll be my sanctuary. Oh, look at me knowing some lyrics. Yes, you got a girl. (laughs) Somebody will be like, you missed a word and you probably write. (laughs) Forgive me in advance. But this idea of love being the thing that really fuels the growth of our garden, like all of it just really coming full circle. And even the name of the business choice that I registered literally in that season where I met you in that Mm -hmm. like late 2016 season new evolve is about becoming new and evolving from where we are but with love at the heart of it with love in the center of it and I didn't even know then like I literally didn't do anything with that domain name for years but you knew you had to claim it yeah concept behind it I love this made up word that I didn't know what it was and I'm just saying this to encourage people listening to Trust that manifestation is more than goal setting. There is, however you describe it, I believe, forces beyond ourselves that we grow in amplification of when we lean into the force of love. Yes. Um, And I can 100% say that all of the beautiful things that have come out of my life have been as a result of me deepening into love not romantic love but just love capital l love being a a sentient force that encompasses us connects us moves through us yes something that i have access to at literally any time at every time i 
love with a capital L everything <laughs> you just said. <laughs> um, and I know that there is a power in this because that framework, when I took it and ran with it from the top of 2019 throughout the rest of this year, it has changed my life. I still have the original large piece of paper where I used all different kinds of markers to map out my F, my I, my E, you know, and so on. And so many of the things that I wrote down have sprouted tiny buds. Some of them have sprouted baby trees. Some of them are still underground. But like you said, the timing is so important for us to have perspective around and not to rush. Because, you know, even if you're considering an actual garden, not everything that you plant grows at the same pace. Um, So I just love and I, I hope that everyone listening too got out, you know, a pen in their journal to write down those and to use those as some starting places to examine where in your life is it that may require some more consideration, you know? Oftentimes we can find ourselves on autopilot, whether it's in a relationship, in a career, when it comes to our well-being, when it comes to our spiritual practices, but mm-hmm. breathing back that kind of fresh energy and that reconsideration of who am I right now? What season am I in right now? What do I need right now? Yeah. You know, all of that can be exactly what we need to help us expand. So thank you for that. And, um, you know, I want to kind of go deeper into this because fierce and manifest action and all of these things we've been talking about are very much a part of what you offer and hold space for. And I know that you have a really exciting retreat that um, will be recurring. You have one in January 2020, and you also have one already that you're planning for 2021. So let's talk about it. Yes. Before I forget, <laughs> I realized I got caught up in R and started talking about Beyonce. <laughs> I want to make sure I get to C and E. Oh, wait. We didn't C. talk about C and E. No. <laughs> I I just told everyone, I said, take notes. I hope you took all the notes and we didn't even get to the final two letters. (laughs) Yeah, but you did mention it, see the character and consciousness. And I really feel like this is where our spiritual practices lie. And this is something that like, I mean, I'm so grateful for a platform like Black Girl and Ohm. And societally, I wish there was a more more conversations around spiritual growth. And why also I'm grateful for having read all About Love by Bell Hooks and just really being intentional about the way that I garden my spiritual life as well. And then the yes. last E is empathy and empowerment. And this is, you know, the heart category. This is where I think about my relationships and that, that this can extend beyond the clearly reciprocating relationships, but the ways that we impact people that we don't know. Like, I don't know who's going to listen to this, but yes. I can choose to still fuel the words that I share with you with love and hope that they're received in that way. Yes. I love that. Thank you for bringing us back there. Oh, of course. Yeah. I didn't want to forget. (laughs) Um, I am so excited about this retreat. I am like, Yes. Um, I'm a part of it, even though I won't be there IRL. <laughs> all right. I'm, I wish you could be there, but I know that your virtual presence will be felt. Yeah. So the upcoming retreat is called 2020 Vision. And I'm just really excited to see how we can deepen into clarity in the context of community. Again, that idea that community amplifies manifestation. And how can we does. really be intentional about cultivating communities that share those beliefs and where we're willing to extend ourselves for each other 
for each other's growth. Um, That's so key because we all know what it feels like to share with someone our dreams and aspirations Mm -hmm. and have them confront us with questions or doubt Mm -hmm. or their own fear and anxiety projected onto us versus, and I hope everyone listening has had this, or if not, set this as your intention to manifest this, sharing your dreams and your visions, no matter how far removed you might be from it right now, or it might seem that you are from it right now, and having that be received by a friend or a loved one with like, you got this, what can I do to support what can we do to like help move you closer to that I see this for you so that alone is just powerful yeah I I mean I can see how that has shown up in my own life and the things that I've been able to accomplish having people who don't say oh uh, who do you think you are but remind me of who I am and who I am becoming and how much I can how much a vessel I can be so being able to hold a container. I really just see our retreat experience being a container for people to identify the most free versions of themselves in that season. And then to identify also the aligned actions that you can take to be a steward of that future version of yourself. Yes. And to do so in community and know that you won't be judged for what you choose I literally don't care what you choose as long as it doesn't inflict harm on other people. Mm-hmm. Your version of freedom is good with me. And it will be different in one category or another. But yes, we're going to be in Peru in the Sacred Valley. At a, <laughs> I'm just like so excited to go to this resort, y'all. <laughs> it's so funny. As much as I travel, I'm such a budget traveler. But when I plan retreats, I book the places that even I don't always give myself access to. So we're at a beautiful, we deserve, we We do. And we deserve to heal in beautiful places, beautiful people and allow those experiences to shift the normal in our subconscious to what we accept and allow in our lives. Absolutely. And that will be January 17 to 21. So many things have been serendipitous about this place coming across our radar, like I had changed our branding, didn't tell anyone the new crazy colors. I thought they were crazy at the time. And the person who was helping me find the venue was like, oh, look, I love this place the best. And I was like, wait, that's literally like we went from white and gold to like yellow, orange, purple, pink. (laughs) And it having that, I didn't even have the garden analogy at the time. And they have this farm to table experience and you can like explore their garden. And beautiful. So many things that. Again, that idea of manifestation where there's like that magic sauce where I could not have planned for it and really grateful and excited to hold space for other women, but also really excited to see how they show up for themselves and for each other. That part right there, because you never, like you said at the beginning of the call, you can set the intention, create the space, and the magic happens when everyone comes together in that shared intention. So lots of healing, lots of catalyzing energy (laughs) that's going to happen. And there's one for 2021. So I'm sure that those listening who may have resonated with one or more things that Carlene is invested in and up to for our community, where can they check this out and learn more? Yeah. So you can learn more at newevolve.com and we're new evolve on Instagram as well and Facebook and Twitter. N-U-E-V-O-L-V-E.com. And I just want to encourage that if even you feel that this is aligned, but the timing isn't aligned, to still keep an eye out for 
very, very early pre-sales in January for the following year. And we do this because the retreat experiences are an investment, but it's important to me that we make the experience as accessible as possible. And so we have scholarships available that are reviewed in order of the receipt of the applications. And we also break our payment plans up based on how many months are remaining. So we would take the total amount and divide it by how many months remaining. So if you join the pre-sale in January, you'll have the smallest monthly payments that may make that experience feel more easeful for you to welcome into your life. Come through accessibility. You know, we need more of that. (laughs) So that is inspiring for those of us who are wellness practitioners, holding space for immersive experiences like this to really think about the ways that we can set it up in ways that are actually encouraging and, like you said, accessible for the communities that we serve. So props to you for that, too. Thank you. So let's have a final maybe moment. What is one final thing that you'd like to offer to our community around how we might expand as we're stepping into this entirely new decade? Well, I would just say to be curious with ourselves, to really just ask ourselves the clarifying questions that allow us to get more acquainted with ourselves and to attempt to practice not judging what you receive on the other side of that. And I think we might be surprised at what we find. I had a conversation with someone today who said they have built their whole lives around being valuable to other people. Mm. So now when I ask her what she wants, she doesn't even know where to start. And I know Mm. that she's not alone in that because I've been there too. And really just being curious about what we want and why, or why we're afraid to go down a certain path. And not to then feel guilt about it, but yes. just acknowledge it yes. and begin to do the work to make different choices. Absolutely. I'm journeying around a lot of that right now. It relates to mindset for me, yeah. um, subconscious beliefs that I didn't even know that I had, and also grace, being willing to practice, knowing that I'm still human. <laughs> And I have been set up to react or to respond or to engage with life in a particular way. And that's okay. So thank you for that offering. That's really, really beautiful. And I am going to internalize that as I step into 2020, girl. (laughs) I would also just like the last thing that comes Mm -hmm. to my mind Mm -hmm. is the idea that you are unconditionally loved and supported. Ashe. And that is not necessarily to say that the source that you want to receive the love and support from may not be giving it to you the way that you want to receive it. But love is an infinite source of transformation and connection. And it is accessible to us at any time. If even just that we can be sources of love and support to ourselves. That has been the biggest life-changing truth and practice for me this year. Thanks to you and Danielle for holding space around that for me at the beginning of this year. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. you. So how can people stay connected with you and continue to plug into Fierce, plug into Manifest Action and the retreat experiences that you have? Yeah. So aside from New Evolve, and that's N-U-E-V-O-L-V-E dot com on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, you can find me personally at Carlene G. Perry. Also everywhere, Carlene is K-A-R-L-E-N-E-G and Perry is P-E-R-R-Y. 
Amazing. <laughs> you are so brilliant and such a light. And I'm so grateful for the ways that you are continuing to hold space for yourself and to honor your own journey, because that is what also allows you to support more of us in our journeys. You know, you really lean into all the practices that you share with those fellow students of life and it really shows. So thank you. Thanks. I'm glad you see that. I see it. I see it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you again for joining today. Thank you. Black Girl and Ohm creates space for women of color to breathe easy. Thank you so much to India Jordan, our audio engineer who made sure today's episode sounded fantastic. Thanks to Kali B for the amazing music at the top and the end of the show. Valerie Titus Glover, your continual support of our podcast through digital strategy, getting up our podcast audio descriptions and more is so forever something that we cherish. Our community, wow, y'all are so phenomenal. We couldn't do this show without you. And I wanna encourage all of you who are super fans of the Black Roman podcast, the guests on our show, and the topics that we cover to head on over to www.patreon.com slash blackgirlandohm. You'll find out how you can get access to exclusive clips, bonus audio, and more behind the scenes of what we have going on here, as well as the ability to chime in and give your input to what you want to see here on the Black Girl on Podcast. So head on over and check it out. Thanks, y'all. <laughs>